when a writer breaks a rule, it's not like they're breaking a rule per se, they're adding grit. And that writer has to be, it takes skill to do it, to add that grit in such a way that the reader's not going to, to feel it as they're brushing against the story. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers. And this is the Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are talk-kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And we are definitely talking about We're kicking talking writing about in the this. butt one word at a time. <laughs> and sometimes our words come out so fast that it's two words at a time. I guess I did that one. <laughs> <laughs> Today's topic, and we don't, you know, we have this fancy intro now where we don't get right to the topic, but today's topic brought up a question uh, that I have about you. And, Ooh. you know, because of your unusual background, and for people who are maybe uh, first time listeners to the show, you grew up in a religious cult, and there's plenty of information online about all of that. But today's topic is about rules, and I'm, I'm curious about your background and, and the way you were raised. Are, are rules in general something that make you cringe, or are they something you embrace? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Oh, well, okay, you know, I'm in my 40s now, and as you <gasps> get older— I know, I just broke a rule. Huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as you get older— you you and you get more comfortable in your own skin you're far less conscious of trying to adhere to the you know the constrictions that are put on you by people around you whether it's society or family or whatever so uh, by natural i am a rule by nature i am a rule follower i don't know if that's from having been raised in a cult or just that i don't like conflict and so if everybody else is you know if this is the way things are done then it's just easier to do that. But at the same time, if it's going to work in my best interest to break that rule, I'll break it in a heartbeat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm thinking back. I wish I could remember the show number where you told the story of breaking a rule and winding up in a ditch because of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean that breaking it is always the smartest thing. <laughs> Okay, today's topic, you know, we've, we've sort of teased it already, but it's when is it okay to break the rules? And when I say rules, I'm holding up my fingers and, and making the air quotes symbol. You know, we, we talked last week about writers' conferences and, and how you go to these and you hear opinions from different people about how things should be done. And we've all read books where there are specific ways to do things according to this book, and then it's slightly different according to other books. So we all sort of have our own version of what these rules are in our mind. And I have one that's been drilled into me by an editor, and that is that you cannot change points of view in, in, a, in a scene. And I was listening to a book the other day. I love to listen to audiobooks. Driving down the road, listening to a book. This is a big series. It's a franchise series by a best-selling author, and I'm not going to identify uh, the, the author. But I'm listening. The story is great. And all of a sudden, you know, we're in third person. 
all the way to the end of the chapter. I think it's a chapter because I'm listening. I can't tell. I think it's a chapter, not a scene. But anyway, I get to the end and he switches out of third person to essentially omniscient and says, but the character didn't know that the white Camry was following him. And it's like, where did that come from? And it's the kind of thing that if I was reading it, I probably wouldn't have noticed. But because I was listening and because I have had this beat into me by editors and people like you, um, <laughs> well, <thanks. laughs> it jumped out at me. Stick. So, so this, is, this is a best-selling author. This is a traditionally published book that went through the process. They obviously felt like it was okay to break the rule in this situation, and he did it in a few other, at the end of a few other chapters as well, just essentially to add the cliffhanger to the end to get you to turn the next page. But it was so jarring to me, so I thought, I've got to ask Taylor the next time we talk, <laughs> when okay. is it okay to break these rules? Okay, so um, having not read this specific words that were used in that instance. I, you know, I can't speak to that specifically. I've done it. Um, I've done it in reminiscing in the mask in, as we're leading up to we're we're looking back and moving forward, you know, she'll, the, she'll say, you know, her thoughts in retrospect, you know, if she'd, if she'd been more careful, she would have noticed then what, you know, she'd only learn in hindsight that type of a thing, which mm-hmm. in a sense is moving from third person to omniscient because you're telling the reader something that the character doesn't actually know right then in the moment, which is what when it's omniscient is when the, the narrator sort of intrudes and, and is playing God, you know, because the narrator can see everything. The, the thing about rules, though, about writing rules is all of these rules are built to enhance the reader's experience. So the, when, when somebody says, don't do this or don't do that, it's because the, the rule is built knowing that when you do this, you are ruining the reader's experience because you're jarring them. And, and you, want this, you want this reading experience to be like smooth glass where you can just run your hand over it. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's tactile and, and you're just immersed in it. And anything you do that creates like a gritty, sandy surface is going to to irritate that reading experience and make it unpleasant for the reader. So the rules really are based on removing that grit and and polishing that glass to where it is it is fine and and, and it's it's just a, a, a thing of beauty. So when a writer breaks a rule, it's not like they're breaking a rule per se, they're adding grit. And that writer has to be, it takes skill to do it, to add that grit in such a way that the reader's not going to to feel it as they're brushing against the story. So if if you don't have the skill to do it and you're you're new or you're just, you know, you're more of a storyteller than a wordy, crafty person, sticking to the rules is going to help you keep the reading experience more polished. Breaking those rules by a very skilled craftsman, you probably won't even notice. So that's really the way to look at it. More like not that there's a right way and a wrong way. It's do I have the skill to pull this off without interrupting the reader experience? And when you know the rules, then 
you yourself as the writer can decide whether you can break them or not. And if you have a lot of people complaining, then you know that you were delusional in your level of <laughs> ability to do it without creating havoc to the reader. That's a really great answer. And I think for someone like me and for listeners out there who are new into the, into the craft of writing, um, the rules also help to, to keep us on the road, to keep us from going into the ditch. Um, exactly. As we talked about earlier. And I didn't notice it when you did it in the mask, but as soon as you, you mentioned it, then I, 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 I thought about those scenes, not that I remember them that clearly, but it, it didn't jump out at me the way it did with this. So I think yours was just incredibly polished uh, to the point where I didn't notice it. This felt like it was more of a bolt-on right. to, to accomplish a task. To get back to where I was going, for, for people like me uh, that, that are new with this, I think we have to almost become rules-bound, you know, whether it's genre rules or writing rules or whatever. You know, if we understand something is a rule, we should probably try and follow it until we're good enough to not follow it. I think that's very a very wise observation. Um, the, the, they're there for a reason, and they're there from trial and error of, of over the years discovering what works and what doesn't, what creates that polished reading experience and what doesn't. So as they always say, break them at your own risk. Sean Coyne wrote a book called... The Story Grid. The Story Grid. Thank you. And <laughs> You're welcome. One of the things that I, I was looking over in my bookshelf to find it, so that's why my voice sort of disappeared there for a minute. But one of the things that, that he talks about uh, very specifically are genre rules in the book. And if you're writing a thriller, it needs to have these components. And some of them need to come in a certain order. And the beginning needs to have this. And the ending needs to have this. And he, whenever he speaks about this, he gets pushback from people who will say, well, that's, you know, it's too formulistic. I don't want to be that way. And he, he takes the position that if you're not that way, if you're not following the rules, the reader is going to be lost in the story, and they're, they're just going to toss the book aside. The reader enjoys those rules, and they want you to follow them. Um, yeah, to, to an extent. I mean, again, it's one of those things that the rules are there for a reason, and it's not like somebody set these rules and said, here, now you must follow them. It's that somebody analyzed what was working and then created rules to explain what was working. Yes. So it's kind of a, a um, reverse engineered process. And I think that it would behoove any um, aspiring writer, even someone who's experienced, to always bear in mind that someone has basically deconstructed what works and is giving you a map to follow. So why would you say, no, I'm going to go off the beaten path and do it this other way when you don't know if you're going to even end up at the right destination in the end doing it your way? Now, it could be that you have a story that doesn't really fit into that genre and you're having to bend it a little bit to make it bend. Well, you can bend it, but not so much that it breaks. And you can try to follow those rules to the best of your ability uh, within the story that you have. Or you could take a look at that story and go, well, maybe it belongs in a different genre where I wouldn't have to bend so hard to make it fit. You know, if you have a story that's just not suited as a thriller, but would make a really fantastic, you know, historical, well, bend it the other direction. But it's, it's kind of the same reason why they advise authors not to switch genres. And it has to do with when an, 
when a reader picks up a Dean Koontz book, they know what they're getting in a Dean Koontz book. And if Dean Koontz started writing romance, all his people who just love the, the chills that he gives them are going to be like, what the heck was this? And they're going to be disgusted and they're not going to want to pick up a G Dean Koontz book. Well, it's the same thing when they pick up a book thinking it's going to be a thriller. If there's no thrills in it, it's like, ugh, you know, that's not what I got this book to read. I got it because I specifically enjoyed these particular elements. So ignore them at your own risk. Have you ever intentionally broken a rule and sent a manuscript in and had somebody kick it back and say, no, this isn't going to work? Not that I'm aware of. Um, I've been, you know, told many times, ignore uh, chronology at your own risk. <laughs> and, um, you know, I didn't think I was ignoring chronology in the mask because I very clearly spelled out the time and it is the, almost the entire book is chronological. And my editor was very much in agreement with the reasons for why I did what I did. She didn't have an alternative. She said, no, I think you're on the right track for that. But it's just that many of the readers who saw the days as chapters didn't get the minus and counting part mm -hmm. of it. So to them, it was not a chronological story. All right. For people who haven't read The Mask, you're going to have to explain that. Okay. So in The Mask, it um, the chapters is there's no chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, because to me, that's redundant. Obviously, these are chapters. So it's day one, day two, day three, except it starts at day seven. And then it goes to day minus 63, and we start counting up to day zero and counting down to day 23. And there's a reason for that, and it has to do with part of the plot in the book. But many readers who saw that did not see, they just, their brains just skipped right over the minus sign in front of the, some, of the chap, some of the chapter openings. So, you know, if I go back and do it again, I would have actually written out the word minus, day minus 63. Um, but, you know, live and learn. It just never occurred to me that people wouldn't see that or so many people wouldn't see it. So I learned the hard way, ignore chronology at your own risk. And I'm working on a project now that does ignore chronology, but I'm very careful to specify with every chapter opening in a creative way what time we're in, how it, how it relates to the story so that people are not lost as they read it. And we'll see if this one bites me in the butt too. It sounds like with The Mask, you also... Uh, thumbed your nose at, at the, uh, quote, unquote, I'm making the air quotes again, the rule about having chapter numbers. I didn't know that that was a rule. I don't know that it is. It just kind of sounds like it is. <laughs> it's every, every book has it. But I'm like, well, we already know that this is ch where, where we're at. So if you have something else that is important, like to me, chapter one, day one, that doesn't make, it's like, that's redundant. Why, are, you know, we're not in kindergarten here. We, we understand how to count. But um, I don't know. That was a really big deal, supposedly. Well, that, you know, this was an interesting way to close the show. I, I did not expect that answer. And, um, you know, it's sort of a two-part answer with the, not only the chronology but the chapter numbers. Would you do the um, – would you skip having chapter numbers in a future book? Yeah. To me, I don't really see what the big deal on that is as long as you have some way to really denote where you're at in the story. Although – it might be a different experience for an audio listener versus a visual, you know, actual reader, because in audio, you don't really have the same visual cues that you do when you're reading. So I don't really listen to audiobooks that much. So maybe some of my listeners who do 
would like to chime in and tell me I'm wrong on that. But for me, reading a paper book, it doesn't really seem like whether the, the chapters are broken with a chapter heading or something else makes all that big of a difference as long as the break is denoted. You know, I, I'm trying to think because I listen to a ton of audiobooks and I normally can't even tell when the, tap, when the chapter changes. And maybe that's because I just tune it out when they say chapter 75 or whatever. Sometimes I'll just have to go to my, look at my phone and see what chapter it's on to see, you know, am I anywhere near the end of the book? Right. <laughs> because it feels like we're coming up on the ending and sometimes you do that and you're halfway through the book. So anyway, we have been polishing glass and kicking writing in the butt one word at a time in this episode of The Taylor Stevens Show. And I think we should carry that theme, the, the theme of rule breaking into the call to action. And maybe if you're out there and you've made a conscious decision to break maybe one of your long held writing rules, uh, let us know what it was and how it turned out for you. Was it uh, was it a disaster or was it just fine? No one even noticed. Yeah, I want to hear about that too. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to have a Q&A show. So we will be back again. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week.